Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey, welcome everyone. Hope you are having a great day. And as you all know, we are celebrating National Disability Employment Awareness Month. Oh, I love that. I love, although, you know what I call it? I call it National Disability Employment Month, National Disability Hiring Month. Because to me, at the end of the day, it's beyond awareness. It's really where the rubber meets the road, hiring people. So first, special shout out to Yoshiko Dart. Yoshiko, I love you, love you, and I appreciate everything you do and everything Justin did to change the world for people with disabilities. Then, okay, Ireland. I mean, you're determined that you're going to be out of those 17 countries, the largest listening audience, and I love it. By the way, did I ever tell you I'm like 5% Irish? I want to make sure you all know that because like, I'm so excited about this following from you. So thank you, thank you. And to our lead sponsor, Highmark. Everyone knows without Highmark, there wouldn't be a Bender Consulting Services. And every CEO right through our present CEO, David Holmberg, has continued to carry the flag. So although I have been throughout the world talking about employment, which is, as you know, what I do, the employment of people with disabilities, in Indonesia, Japan, Kazakhstan, Panama, South Korea, My heart and soul is right here in Pittsburgh, where we're headquartered, and that is why there is no way we could have this month without having Shannon Austin and Marcy Katona, District Administrators from the Pennsylvania Department of Labor and Industry, Office of Vocational Rehab with us. I love them both. Shannon and Marcy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us, Joyce. Hello, Joyce. Thank you for having us. Good to be here. Oh, absolutely. Great to have you. Okay, so Shannon, I'll start with you. Um, Why don't you tell our listeners how you first became involved in the disability advocacy world and why? Well, um, for myself, um, I've probably been doing, you know, vocational rehab for about close to 20 years. Um, I've had a disability myself um, since childhood. I've had asthma and very severe. And as an adult, um, I had a slip and fall where, you know, it caused me to have limited range of motion in both my knees. And then, you know, from there, just being a mother, a mother of five, um, with three children and them having um, a disability and advocating for them um, with an individualized uh, education plan, or some parents would say IEP, um, in the school system in order to advocate for services for them, um, whether it was extended time on test or um, just community resources for them um, through their childhood. And I think just with my family background, I have a strong sense of social justice where I want everyone to have access to programs and services. So this kind of drew me, I think, um, naturally into the place of rehab so I could help others with some of the obstacles and barriers that I had personally with myself or family. Um, and just, you know, trying to work through systems to make sure that um, we, you know, the leveling field was equal um, for my kids going through the school district system. Well, wow, you're a busy person. You know, if you knew this woman, oh, my God, is she like a dynamo? I mean, dynamo, she is. Shannon, I'm, I'm not surprised you do 
all of that. And we also have my own rock star, Marcy Katona. So, Marcy, how about you? What, what caused you to become involved in disability advocacy and why? Well, thanks, Joyce. Um, uh, well, similarly, I'm coming up on nine, 19 and a half years um, in, uh, in vocational rehabilitation um, with OVR. And, um, you know, prior to coming to OVR, um, I, I, I think it's really two reasons. One is um, family and personal experience with disability. Um, you know, it, me, myself, having um, some background in that and experiencing that um, on a personal level. And then the second thing is, um, you know, it, a key moment in my life was in 1995. Um, I was a college athlete. I was at Juniata College. And I had a college sociology professor who actually taught a class. Um, again, I'll tell you, this was 1995, and the name of the class was called Physical and Mental Handicaps. And in that class, he, he talked specifically about the Office of Vocational Rehabilitation in Pennsylvania. So I'm 19 years old, and I'm first time knowing uh, there was a profession in which I could help people um, with disabilities and help individuals overcome uh, barriers to, as, as Shannon said, you know, to have similar access and, and opportunity for success. And um, that was the first time um, in you know, my soon-to-be professional career, um, you know, as a college student, that I was understanding that this might be something I want to do beyond playing college volleyball. Um, so it was a really um, uh, time in my life where, you know, I had some professional drive where I wanted to help, and I knew this was a profession that made a lot of sense to me. Well, thank goodness you had that professor. And isn't it amazing when you think about it, how teachers impact us uh, in high school and beyond like that? Great, sometimes not great. Uh, We just found employment for a chemical engineer here in Pittsburgh with speech difficulty. To me, not, you know, not significant at all but to make a long story short his professor did not want him to speak in front of everyone at the class because of his speech difficulty you know now we're not talking years ago we're talking a couple years ago and when I hear this I think how the heck do they do this like why are they able to do this I think the impact that has on other people because as we all know Stigma is the problem. And one, one great avenue for people with disabilities and for companies with disabilities seeking to hire people with disabilities is the Office of Vocational Rehabilitation, OVR. Uh, Marcy, explain to everyone what OVR is and what the mission is. Sure. Um, OVR, as, as Joyce said, is the we are the state entity that carries out the federal vocational rehabilitation program, and in Pennsylvania, uh, OVR um, falls under the, the the Pennsylvania Department of Labor and Industry, and we serve every county in Pennsylvania under our 21 district offices across the Commonwealth. And in doing so, um, our mission is to assist Pennsylvanians with disabilities to prepare for, obtain, and maintain employment and independence. And I think across the state, historically, we have had about 1,200 staff, um, both field and um, administrative staff, um, dedicated to serving this mission. And I know Shannon and I are proud to say that we're members of the largest office um, in the Commonwealth uh, across our two bureaus. And one more thing I did want to say in serving our mission um, uh, for helping Pennsylvanians to go to work, um, this past year we helped employ over 7,000 individuals in Pennsylvania um, to reach employment success. Wow, that's awesome, especially since I continually read articles and hear people speak about where the heck are we going to find talent. Where will we find talent with this shortage of skills available? I mean, not just Pittsburgh articles, but 
national periodicals all across the United States. People will, being companies, will say, this is our biggest problem. We cannot find talent. What will we do? Where will we find it? Well, here we go. Office of Vocational Rehabilitation, a good start. And and Shannon and Marcy, have you noticed how often you read about that? Um, we, I mean, I, I have, you know, also Joyce, you know, but one of the things that your, your readers or your listeners should know is that there are 80 different VR systems just like the Office of Vocational Rehabilitation across the United States um, so that, you know, they're able to get a talent pool, and it's not unusual annually for those VR systems to be working with upwards of a million people annually at some phase of the um, job-seeking experience um, in order to access services, to seek employment, um, to also help with job retention and job jeopardy-type cases um, that employers um, are heavily impacted And, you know, this is from where I see that, you know, VR systems or employers in particular could really benefit from working with a VR system um, because we have a ready and available talent pool in order to meet their need. Right. And I think in many cases people don't know about this, you know, untapped labor pool or... They're uninformed, not educated, and and think that the skills that you're seeking are not there. Um, But I'll tell you, I talk about this all the time, and I'm writing op-eds about it. And if you're listening to the show right now, I'm saying to you listeners, the talent is there. Talent available. You have to include people with disabilities when you are doing your outreach. So here we have a source right here today, OVR, the Office of Vocational Rehabilitation right here in Pennsylvania. And of course, there are VR, uh, you know, district offices across the United States. So this is an example. I wanted to use them as an example because they have done such a phenomenal job. And with that, we're going to be right back with Shannon Austin and Marcy Katona. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back with Shannon and Marcy. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high test line of service. For more information, please visit www.benderconsult.com. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. Hey, everyone. We're talking to Shannon Austin and Marcy Katona. Today, district administrators from the Pennsylvania Department of Labor and Industry, the Office of Vocational Rehabilitation. I wanted to have them on so that across America, if you are seeking to hire people with disabilities or if you are a person with a disability uh, that's seeking help to find employment, this is where you go. 
and uh, Marcy or Shannon, what is the website? Hi, this you is Marcy. I can, help, I can help you okay. with that. Um, if folks go to www.dli.pa.gov and then look for Disability Services, you could find us. Okay, one more time. What is that website, Marcy? Sure. www.d as in dog, li, dot pa, dot gov, G-O-V. Okay, so it's probably the same across the United States. I mean, for other offices, don't you think? I would think they so. Prob- they, have, you can- they probably have their own... Um, because all the VR systems are named slightly different, so they will probably have their own um, uh, web page in which they're linked in. Some fall underneath uh, labor and industry. Some also fall underneath Department of Education. Um, but if it would be useful, we could probably send you um, uh, a breakdown of all the VR systems that you can disseminate to your to your uh, your audience. Oh, that would be awesome. Yes, if you could do that, that would be fantastic. So, Shannon, what is your role? What do you do at OVR? So, I am currently, for the last year and a half, almost two years now, I am the uh, district administrator for the Bureau of Blindness and Visual Services here in Pittsburgh. Um, like Marcy said, we're one, uh, one of 21 offices. So with that, with the Bureau of Blindness and Visual Services, there's currently six co-located offices. And here in Pittsburgh, we serve uh, nine counties, um, and that's everywhere from on southwestern uh, Pennsylvania, um, and that's all the way from Uniontown all the way up to Indiana County. Um, with that, um, I oversee... Um, a, a various uh, group of staff. Um, our services is very similar to the Bureau of Vocational Rehab Services where, where Marcy is housed. That's actually where I came from. Me and Marcy have worked together for the last 12 years. Um, but our services, we get to spend a little bit more time um, because it's, very, it's a very low incident rate with individuals with blindness and uh, visual impairments. Um, we get to spend a little bit more time uh, with individuals um, from working in on independence. So we do vocational, but we also spend a lot of time in independence. And our, our catchment of the folks that we work with, um, we work with uh, children, you know, all the way from six months all the way up to 100 if they're still wanting some level of services with various programs. Um, we help with employment. We help with independent living skills with, you know, uh, seniors that are 55 and up. Um, we have the specialized uh, children's service program um, that works with uh, helping um, children and families to adjust to uh, blindness, um, we do a lot of counseling and guidance, advocacy, um, instructional services, uh, vision enhancement type services. Um, in, in doing that, we, we are able to help them transition into VR services because a lot of times when a young person or maybe an infant is, uh, uh, has blindness or has some type of vision impairment, um, we, we really work, our social workers work very close with families to try to coordinate what those services will look like for the family um, to make sure that they are or that it's inclusive for the family and the child, whether it's at home, in the community, or in their school district when they uh, soon go to school. So we have the ability to kind of help coordinate that service on the front end. Um, the other thing that we we spend some time working with is we also have our business enterprise program uh, through the Randolph Shepherd Act where we're able to assist uh, individuals that are blind to operate their own food service business uh, commercially, uh, industrially, and in government, government locations. So this could be anything from vending machines, franchise opportunities, uh, gift shops, kiosks, and things like that. Uh, we have a very comprehensive um, program to deal with a DEP um, for a service 
Um, I have a diverse staff in that we have social workers, we have vocational rehab counselors, we also have orientation and mobility specialists, and we have a vision rehabilitation therapists, and they go into the homes to help with everything from safety and labeling things and, um, and from various phases of a case that we would have currently within a Pittsburgh area. Wow. Well, you know, that is so wonderful because people who are blind sometimes face such obstacles trying to gain employment. And then once they are hired, of course, the company says, as they do with all people with disabilities, oh, what a great employee. Once again, it's education. That's why I'm saying it's good to work with OVR because they can explain all of this and the accommodations uh, that are needed. Mar- Marcy, how about if you talk about some of those different programs that OVR offers? Sure. Um, well, I first wanted to just um, let everyone know that in, in 2014, President Obama signed the Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act. And um, in addition to that act and part of that act, um, it reauthorized the Rehabilitation Act of 1973. We had not had a reauthorization of this act since 1998. So you can imagine that we were in for some significant change and change that, that clearly was going to expand and create more opportunities for individuals with disabilities. So we came into 2014 um, really excited to um, have this amendment to, and, and to deliver our programs. Um, this, the first program um, specifically is our federal VR program. This is a program in which we serve adults with disabilities, age 17, um, as early as, you know, maybe a little earlier than 17, but um, we do have a, a youth program, which I'll talk about next. But the adult program specifically is, is focused on, you know, the standard VR program, working individually with eligible individuals with disability to help them develop an individualized plan for employment in which we um, mutually agree upon a plan to help use federal funds to uh, assist that individual in achieving that vocational outcome. And earlier I said, I mentioned uh, the youth program, and as a result of the WIOA, Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act, um, the federal VR program um, um, drastically increase the opportunity for OVR's role in serving students with disabilities starting at age 14. And what I mean by that is it now gave OVR the opportunity to serve students with disabilities while still in high school. And not only were we able to serve eligible students, we are also able to serve potentially eligible students in which all we had to do was identify an individual in high school um, who um, either had an IEP, a 504 plan, or a other health impairment in order to access pre-employment transition services. And under those pre-employment transition services, uh, we are able to provide direct service to students while in high school. And those five required activities that we've been focusing on in the past four years has been job exploration and counseling, work-based learning experiences, that of which um, extends into paid work while in high school. As we know, the statistics say that students with disabilities uh, are two and a half times more likely to be successful in post-secondary education and employment if they have a paid work experience while in high school. So we're really excited about that. Um, Also, counseling on opportunities for enrollment in uh, post-secondary education, workplace readiness training, and instruction in self-advocacy, which which also would include peer mentoring. Um, The the, um, 
the staff that we have here at OVR um, specifically that are carrying out um, this new part of the law are, are what we call our early reach initiative. These are master's level social workers um, in the field called early reach coordinators who are able to access um, all of these, um, uh, these, these services, uh, allow students to access these services. They go into the schools. We have four in Allegheny County. We have four master's level social workers and they're working with students um, as early as ninth and 10th grade to help prepare them um, for, you know, post-secondary education and work um, once they um, uh, leave high school. Um, and then the third part I just wanted to highlight as far as another program within VR is our business services. Um, part of the Workforce Innovation Opportunity Act also supports employer engagement, um, an increased opportunity for us to work directly with employers and to develop additional opportunities for folks um, with disabilities. Um, specifically within OVR, we have a state uh, business Services Outreach Division, and that that is carried and implemented out into the field. Um, in Pittsburgh, we have a, a full business service unit in which we are supporting our customers and employer partners. We're providing students and adults with direct um, supports um, to help them when they are job ready to go back into the workforce. We're also developing employer-driven models to increase opportunities for people with disabilities, and we're also providing no-cost services to employers and those, and those staff um, within those hiring companies to help uh, give them the support to increase their diversity and inclusion practices. Wow. Yeah, you, you know what is amazing when you were talking about the update to the Workforce Innovation Opportunity Act. I had the great honor of being there when uh, President Clinton signed the Workforce Investment Act. I remember that so clearly as if it were yesterday. But what I love about this is now the emphasis also on young people and so agree with Marcy about getting that work experience. Oh, it makes such a difference. I'm on the board of the National uh, Technical Institute for the Deaf and I was, we were just talking about that today, how having a co-op or internship or work, ex- work opportunity uh, you know, at the company so changes the probability for employment. So I agree with you totally. Uh, Shannon, now, as I said before, there are many people who are blind that need support. And I'm going to talk about that in a couple minutes. But first, it's time for Advocacy Matters. I love this. This is on every show where we give our listeners nationally an update on what is happening today that we need to know about. And Perry Jude Radisig from Disability Rights Pennsylvania is with us, giving us that all the time. Perry, are you with us? I am, Joyce. Thanks for having me on. Great. How are you? I'm doing I'm doing great, uh, and and today I think it ties in real nicely with uh, your program on OVR. is uh, is time to talk about what's been happening with special education and the 115th Congress. And special education is a top priority for so many disability organizations like the ARC and Disability Rights Pennsylvania, I'm sure the Office of Vocational Rehabilitation. So, so many organizations uh, care about uh, special education. And, and really, it's, it's a pathway to competitive and integrated employment. The Absolutely. U.S. Department of Labor, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, reports that in 2013, a person without a high school diploma earns 27% less than a person with a high school diploma. That same year, the graduation rate for students with disabilities was 64%. So students with disabilities really need to go out and uh, 
get through high school and get into that competitive and integrated employment and get into the labor market. And we know so many people want to work. They want to work. So disability policy at a national level really has a great impact on what happens in Pennsylvania and across the country. So a really important question to ask as we near the end of this 115th Congress is what has this Congress done in the area of special education? Really, what has has this Congress done? And the simple answer is not much. Simply nothing has moved. One major piece of legislation, the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, or the IDEA, was last reauthorized in 2004. But no one in this Congress has been ready to re to move a reauthorization in this last two-year congressional cycle. I think another important thing, uh, Joyce, is, is funding. For, for many years, Congress has promised to fully fund uh, special education for school districts, but they've not followed through. And so Congress has just not followed through on its promise to provide 40% of the average cost per pupil uh, to help school districts meet their IDEA requirements. And Congress made that promise to states and school districts all the way back in 1975. That's 43 years ago. So each year, school districts wait, and they wait, and they wait. And they hope that Congress provides adequate funding to meet the cost of educating students with disabilities, but another year, another fiscal year has passed, and there still isn't adequate funding to meet the needs. And we have information that's going up on our website from the National Council on Disability about special education funding. They issued a report in February of this year about uh, the lack of appropriate funding by Congress. And so you can find that on our website at disabilityrightspa.org. The one thing Congress did was confirm the U.S. Secretary of Education, Betsy DeVos. So, so much of what has happened in Congress has centered on regulatory and sub-regulatory activity. And what I mean by that is that you have your statutes, you have your regulations, and then you have your sub-regulatory activity, which means maybe uh, the Secretary of Education has uh, looked at additional data collection or maybe at her level issued guidance interpreting regulations maybe in a different way. So that's where the activity has happened. We posted all of this information, even links to where you can find more information about that regulatory and sub-regulatory activity on our website, uh, again, at disabilityrightspa.org. And the links go to the Council of Parent Attorneys and Advocates and the National Disability Rights Network. And that's where you can find more information about what's been happening at the U.S. Secretary uh, of Education, uh, the, the Department of Education. So, Joyce, advocacy matters, and so does special education. Uh, if you know someone who needs help with a special education issue in Pennsylvania, please have them contact us. If the matter is in another state, you can always find one of our sister agencies at ndrn.org. But I thought it was important to just uh, give your listeners a little update on what's been happening in this Congress in special education. And I have to tell you, they haven't been moving m- much at all. 
and the funding uh, just hasn't been there for special education. And, and with that, Joyce, I want to thank you for having us on. I just love my listeners. This is a thing. I wanted my listeners, all of you, to know what's going on because we need to stay connected. We need to work together. And Perry, I, I just love this organization. I'm so proud to be on the board and that's disabilityrightspa.org. Hey, thanks, Joyce. And again, uh, you know, it's uh, important to talk about special education and that pathway to competitive and integrated employment and even that pathway to the Office of Vocational Rehabilitation. Yes, it is. Thank you so much. Talk to you next week. Absolutely. Thanks, Joyce. Well, Shannon, Marcy, as you can see, uh, we like to keep everyone in the know with what's going on. And as we are talking about employment, Shannon, you work with people who are blind. But when companies are concerned about that, you do support that individual with accessible products. Is that correct? Yes, we do. Okay. Could you uh, give an example? Yes. So, you know, I'm... Marcy brought up a little bit earlier that one of the key areas to the Workforce Innovation Opportunity Act, um, our agency really has been tasked to work with assistive technology. And I hope, you know, with the work that we've done across the Commonwealth, we really have taken the lead um, in this space. Technology is nothing new. Most companies are using that. But XX technology is, is something um, that a lot of companies are excited to hear about and, and know uh, what we do. Um, when we look at access technology, um, you may think mainly high-tech, but when we define the term itself, um, accessive technology is a device um, or an item or a piece of equipment or a product that's used to increase, maintain, and improve functional uh, capacity of an individual, it opens up that definition a little bit more in what we would, what we would consider low-end technology or high-end technology. Um, with low-end technology, that can be anything from a cane, uh, um, reachers, um, grips, maybe a, a wrist rest, um, high-tech, um, that can be uh, communication devices, uh, specialized computer access, or um, workstation design. So one of the things that I think one of the, business, uh, the biggest services that we uh, are able to offer employers is that we're able to consult with them um, in a way and come in to make sure that they're being onboarded properly uh, within a place. And we do a lot of access technology evaluations and training uh, with someone that may be with an employer. Um, there may be another example is we may go in and maybe it's a job jeopardy or a job retention type case. Uh, maybe they've lost their vision over a period of time and they may, they may not know how to accommodate that person um, on site. So we may come in and not only do the evaluation, do the training, but maybe assist with some of the software. Um, we do a lot of adaptive software like JAWS and OpenBook, ZoomText, Dragon, Naturally Speaking. And this allows the individual to navigate on their computer or laptop and have access to the Internet and the email and assignments and things like that in order for them to access that information, uh, what's going on with the, with the employer. So we, we do this all the time. Um, this is something that... Um, We've been called in uh, periodically with, with companies across the Commonwealth to um, assist with uh, work site evals and work with consumers to uh, maintain employment uh, with employers. Oh, and see, people don't realize, but it, it, as you just said, well, first, person who is blind can be a software developer, an engineer, anything by using JAWS software and other assistive technology, but it also includes uh, help for all people, as uh, Shannon just said, from a cane to grabbers. I mean, it is um, 
for all people who are blind. So I'm really glad you explained that, uh, Shannon. And Marcy, I know that OVR works with colleges and universities across Pennsylvania, and I thought maybe you could elaborate on that a little bit. Sure, absolutely, Joyce. Um, So college, two- and four-year college training is one of our top three services within um, PAOVR. And as you said, we partner with um, colleges and universities um, and business trade technical schools across Pennsylvania. And depending on the individual customer's needs and job goal, we also partner um, with colleges and universities outside of Pennsylvania as well. Um, so from our, our standard policy um, specific to college training and support, we've been doing that for as long as the VR program, um, you know, has been in operation. Um, a couple things I did want to highlight was our longstanding partnership with the Community College of Allegheny County. Again, as I mentioned, um, we have a lot of students um, who are, you know, going into the community college either um, to to obtain their skilled degree or to start the first two years of their collegiate education. And we have been working um, hand-in-hand with Community College for many years um, to help um, support students on their paths. Um, We have a strong working relationship with the disability services offices across all of the CCAC campuses. Um, There are four main campuses. we also um, have been developing some uh, summer pro- summer programming and year um, during the school year programming for those pre-employment training opportunities for our students in school. Um, currently, we're running um, three uh, different uh, uh, college training um, uh, exposure um, shadowing um, opportunities within uh, the community college setting. And um, we also offer, in partnership with Community College, a one-credit course called Promoting Academic Success. Again, it's giving uh, opportunity for students to explore post-secondary options um, while still in high school. And the third thing I wanted to um, talk about today is our our newest partnership. Um, We we are a huge proponent of of making sure that we have um, our Providing good customer service, not only to our customers that we serve, our you know our customers with disabilities that we're serving directly, but also the community partners that we're working with um, to to allow good access, um, single points of contact methods, um, so that we are able to provide some efficient services and support to the partners themselves. So what we did this year is one of our uh, vocational rehab counselors within our business. Business Services Department has become a uh, single point of, of support and contact liaison to students who are attending the nine uh, four-year colleges in Allegheny County. That individual, uh, that counselor is working directly with students who are attending there who are also eligible for OVR. And she's also helping provide uh, direct support to the college staff. Um, We talked earlier about the continuum of services for students in high school and then into post-secondary training. And one of the last steps along that continuum before someone's reaching their, their, you know, their career goal is to have an opportunity for an internship or an externship while they're in post-secondary training. So the partnership across these nine uh, colleges uh, within the county is creating an opportunity for us to make a streamlined uh, approach to connecting students with internship opportunities with employers. So this year we've been really ramping up with that individual's role to train and educate the staff and develop opportunities to help those students while still in college to get that internship opportunity before they graduate. So we're really excited about about all of that and seeing that come to fruition. Um, I'm not sure uh, the listeners familiar with Pittsburgh and Allegheny County, but of of the uh, uh, campuses we're working with are Robert Morris University, Chatham University, La Roche, Carnegie Mellon, University of Pittsburgh. 
Duquesne, Carlo, Point Park University, and then, of course, I mentioned the community college as well. I wanted to ask you a question about the colleges and universities. What Have you seen any changes with uh, the amount of funding that's being given from OVR across the United States to different universities? Well, I, I think, um, you know, we, we have been seeing through our, through, through not only our direct tuition cost to colleges, we have been increasing program support opportunities through our, through our pre-employment transition services. So it is one of our top three services that we fund. Um, I can't speak to whether we've increased um, the total amount towards, you know, direct towards the colleges. Okay, well, I just think it's so great what you do. And you know what? I love what you do with the community colleges uh, because that gives an opportunity to people that can't go to a four-year school, but the opportunity for them to still find employment. So if a student or a family member, if someone is listening to the show right now and they want to reach you, is the best way to reach you by going to that website? They, for, for us here in Pittsburgh, um, they could call us directly. They could go to the website, as I mentioned before, and there is a section called Disability Services at www.dli.pa.gov. And what is the phone number? 412-392-5500. Four nine five zero, and they can just call the you know depending on what their disability is, uh, they'll connect them with either bureau for services. Okay, hey uh, Shannon, I know as Marcy has mentioned and alluded to, uh, but we talked about this a little bit earlier. But you do a lot of work with the private sector. I know that because you have this fabulous conferences and events where you, you know, invite businesses. Could, could you tell our listeners a little bit about, especially businesses listening to the show today, about your work with the private sector? So OVR, a lot of people don't know that OVR has a dual customer uh, service um, delivery system in that we not only work with consumers with disabilities, but we also work with employers to try to meet their their business need. Um, We do that through several ways. Um, We do that for uh, direct job placement. Uh, If they're looking to outreach to us, um, to to give us our their job leads, and we try to match them with consumers that we have that have matched uh, job goals. We also do uh, disability etiquette and training, um, where we go in. And I think this has been a, even more relevant since the implementation of the final ruling of 503, um, impacting federal contractors, where they're required to have a seven percent utilization goal. Um, and with WIOA, um, the Workforce Innovation Opportunity Act, it has allowed us to work with employers in just very creative ways from um, consulting on accommodations for, you know, for empo- you know, uh, employees, um, ADA, um, accessibility issues, job analysis. Um, we have several employers that we work with that have inclusion and diversity initiatives, and sometimes we work with them. Um, we also do job retention and job jeopardy type things where they have employees that have either developed disabilities or are currently um, on staff with them that um, they don't know what direction to go with in, with them, so we consult with them um, concerning those things. Um, some of those accommodations could be a simple job coach where maybe the job task has changed and we come in to, to give more uh, natural supports uh, to the person that is on the job. Um, and then I think, like you said a little bit earlier, Joyce, we really work at trying to outreach and uh, bring awareness and education to employers. And we have two big, huge events coming up this month alone. We have the Vision Works Expo, and we have the Vision, I mean, the Work Matters Summit coming up. And with the Vision Expo, that's going to be on October 19th. Um, and we bring consumers that have vision impairment 
or that are blind to that. And we have an awesome keynote where we're bringing in Dr. Cynthia Ingraham um, from Helen Keller, uh, the National Center for the Deaf, Blind, Youth, and Adults. And then we're going to have a huge uh, empowerment consumer panel. And yours truly, uh, Jim Homey, will be a part of that uh, consumer panel. And then we're going to be bringing in uh, mentors, professionals that have been successful in, you know, in their various fields to talk to young people and young adults about going into different industries. We're going to have access technology and low vision and community providers there, and we're going to have employers there to talk about their places of employment and what employers are looking for. And with the summit um, that's coming up here real soon, um, that we're in partnership with uh, BVRS, Marcy and myself are 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 having this event on the 29th. Um, we're we're hoping to have a, a vibrant uh, discussion on the state of the affairs of full inclusion in the workplace when it pertains to uh, individuals with disabilities. And we have various people from Dr. Bullock, um, the president of CCAC. Um, we are going to have FedEx on that panel. The city of Pittsburgh. Um, we have a consultant, uh, a Dr. Monica Mendez. She does inclusion and diversity uh, consulting uh, within this region. And then we're going to have uh, great speakers and, and breakout panels um, that will be a part of that from access technology, accessibility. Um, we're going to the power of partnership that will be part of that day. So we're just really excited to just outreach to employers in a very unique way um, that, and this is our big event that we do because we understand the importance of doing outreach and just opening the doors to employers in a way that is very transparent, but being there for a resource for them in order to meet their initiatives and then figure out ways how we can partner with them. Well, that is so exciting, and I want to thank both of you for being with us today. This show always goes so quickly. It does. It always goes so quickly. Thank you, uh, Marcy, and thank you, Shannon. Thank you very much, Joy. Thank you for having me. pleasure. You're welcome. And we end every show with a quote, and today that is, change will not come if we wait for some other person or some other time. We are the ones we've been waiting for, said Barack Obama. Talk to you all next week on Disability Matters. Thanks a lot. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.